This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another Double Tap for Friday the 7th of October 2022. It's nearly the end of the week and we today are talking all about the Blindshell Classic 2 smartphone. Or is that a feature phone? Well, we'll find out today as we get a hands-on demo and we talk to Barry and Diane from the company. You're listening to Double Time, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. I'm rocking out today. I'm rocking out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm rocking out. Oh, yeah. Uh, this me. I'm getting my exercise in today. I've got arms in the air. As I'm sitting on a chair. There you go. That's my. Oh, that was actually right. Beautiful. Oh, my arms are gorgeous. in the air as I sit on a chair. That has got to be a TikTok video waiting to happen, Sean Priest. I was going to say, if there's ever a time or a reason that we should be on YouTube, it's you dancing the <laughs> intro. That was amazing, Stephen Scott. Thank you. Wow. Oh. Yeah. I, I bet Shakira would do that because, you know, she did the jiggle jiggle thing. Well, you know, I bet she would do my arms in the air like I just don't care. I'm- Yes, uh, whilst I'm sitting on a chair, uh, sitting in a chair. Yeah, perfect. See? Oh, someone's got to sample that. Do, who do we know who could, <laughs> could turn that into a song? Absolutely I think I know anyone. somebody. I think I know someone who might do that. I'm going to send that recording to them, and I'm going to say, "Turn that into a song. Let's make a hit for Christmas number one." Hands in the air, sitting on a chair by Stephen Scott. No, 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 no. Get it no. right. Arms in okay. the air, whilst sitting yeah. on a chair. Oh, sorry, whilst. Oh, uh, all right. Yeah. Dickens, sorry. Shakespeare, I you didn't realise. You said what? Oh, Dickens, right, okay. Um, hi, everybody, <laughs> welcome to the show. Dr Nick. Hi. Hi, How Dr you, Nick. Steven? Oh, I'm good, I am good. Um, it's been a busy week this week, lots of stuff mm. going on, and lots mm. of new tech mm. arriving at Double Tap HQ, which I'm um, <laughs> nothing about at the minute. Mm-hmm. What, what have we got? What oh, have some got? cool stuff. Cool what, headphones. Cool uh, devices, uh, and devices I'm finally. Like I'm not telling you right now because I'm, I'm going to get them all. Because you know what I do? I tell people about these devices, and then they go, "Where's yes. the review?" And you go, "Well, give me a minute. Let me open the box first. Well, Stephen, as a, 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 a treasured colleague of mine, you know, I never put you under pressure. I simply say, "Where's mine, and when can I have it?" Yeah, you do, don't you? Uh, I will say I this though: the Same. AirPods Pro Two finally came out of the box. <gasps> I know. Where's mine? Shocking. When can I have them? Uh, th- this is this is in fact I-, I think we call it in this business the news. Thank you. Uh, oh, yeah, I missed that. I know it's been a while. Um, yeah, the Give news is attack, I fine. opened the box <laughs> with the AirPods Pro two in it. Oh, oh, well done. Thank you, thank you. I know. Have you I'm actually put them in your ears yet, or just one step at a time? Can I tell you, the reviews are right. These are the hidden gems of. <gasps> Apple's recent oh, event, oh. the September event. Honestly, these are amazing. So I know that the physical design of the AirPods, they say, hasn't changed. But something has changed because there's just it just feels very different. I've got the original AirPods Pro. I've got the AirPods mm-hmm. Pro 2. There is a, definitely something different about the material used to make them. It's a much, um, I don't know, it feels a bit more premium this time. Right? I don't know why. It just feels a little bit different. The, the material is different. Really? It's a much softer type of... I say softer, I just mean it's, it's it's a little bit more shiny, maybe is the way to put it, uh, in mm. terms of the... Polished. Yeah. Perhaps it's just your head's changed. Maybe they're exactly the same. It's just your your. No, no I'm, talk- I'm, talking, you- I'm talking about the actual... There must be something different, right? Because they have made a little bit different right. here with the, the stems. Now have this sort of touch control. Although I will say that the positioning oh. of them is a little bit awkward because they kind of kind of sit almost in... Almost like flat against your ear. So you have to kind of push your finger up the side oh. of your ear in order to oh. turn the volume up and down. I don't know if I like uh, that. Yeah, it's not, it's not as nice as you think it is, <laughs> trust me. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. But, no, the sound quality is incredible. The noise cancellation is way improved. I mean, there is a really? real noticeable oh. difference. Okay, cool. And, and the, the adaptive and transparency, the, that's what we're waiting well, on. Well, adaptive transparency, I, I mean, I suppose I have to get a pneumatic drill into the house, uh, you know, someone to sort of turn it on every so often. Um, yes. Because I, I haven't been anywhere to try that properly. I, I will be in town next week, so I'll maybe, you know, I'll definitely try it out there. But I haven't noticed anything major there. But what I will say is the transparency mode is brilliant. And I keep remembering and keep reminding myself every time I put these AirPods Pros on, and you must feel this as well, 
but the transparency mode is so good you can kind of just walk around every day and forget these things are even in. And that's the genius of mm. the AirPods Pro to me is that they've, they've made it this is. so possible to to wear these and not even feel like you're wearing them. Don't get me wrong, after a while you do, I, I don't know if you feel this, but I sometimes feel it starts to get a little bit sore and I feel I want to take them out. I couldn't sit and wear them all day. But no, I couldn't. For, for a couple of hours watching a film or just doing some work on the computer or whatever it is, I find they're absolutely brilliant. I love the case and it's little whoop, whoop noise when you open it up. Um, you oh, know, I like the little noise. Um, I like the fact that it's, you know, it's got the charging sound now. Um, the lanyard thing, I'm not into the whole lanyard thing. I mean, I know blind people, everything has to have a lanyard attached to it. You know, oh, I've got a new talking washing machine. Here's this lanyard. Um, yes. I never really so understood. So we can keep that. it close, <laughs> so we never lose anything. I'm carry, surrounded just, by lanyards. Just carrying around. Come on, just I'm just taking my washing machine into the other room. It's Otherwise, just, I don't know where it is. And I've wrapped around my neck. I just don't understand this. What's this obsession with lanyard? What is it with oh, lanyards right. and blind people? Where does wait, that come wait, from? Wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa! The Apple lanyard for the Apple uh, AirPod Pros too isn't a blind. thing. I know thing. it's not a blind thing, but blind people are raving about it. Oh, it's got a yeah, lanyard! Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll give yeah, you that. so what? I don't care about that. All right, good. I mean, all that's going to happen is I'm going to lose a pair of AirPods Pros too with a lanyard attached. That's all. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yes, Unless I'm going to wear it forever, it's still going to get knocked off the desk. It happened again yesterday, and I think you were asking me this last week. You know, one of the things you were intrigued by is how good are the magnets inside? So if you drop yes, the AirPods, do they just shoot out again? Is, like they do yeah, every if it's time? on a lanyard, I would want the lid to actually click shut or clip shut. Well, you there's know? no actually difference. Have a latch on it. There is no difference with the case. So they yeah. fell yesterday. Um... Not deliberately, but they did fall. And, yeah, I mean, I had to stop the dog from going after the AirPods because, you know, they just shot out <laughs> of the of the Then what's the point? Charger. Then that makes, that makes the lanyard absolutely redundant because I wouldn't well, use it on a land, lanyard because if, if the, you, know, you catch the lid on something, it's just open and they're out. Oh, I see. No, it's not connected to the... I, I see what you're meaning. You think that the lanyard yes. should be attached and would essentially close the case. Or, well, ke- or keep the case closed. Oh, no, thinking? no, no. I, I just think the lanyard's attached. What are you thinking? What are you talking about? Right, listen, now. So I, the way I'm imagining it is that the lanyard attaches to one corner of the wireless charging case. It, it, so it basically connects onto the side. So on the side part of the case. So yeah, just Just right. in the middle of the side. That's where it goes. That's where the lanyard would go. So not anywhere near the bit where it flips open. I know, but if you if you're holding them using it, what's so where where would you put the lanyard? I mean, what use is the lanyard on in this case? That's my point. If I you're holding it in your it. yeah, if you're holding it in your hand or attached around your wrist, mm-hmm. then any time you swing, then there's a, 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 well, a if danger you, if you ba- of the lid you, opening. If you bashed it against something by accident, it, the lid would fly open and and the AirPods You've would be lost gone. them exactly. Yeah. So what is the Utterly pointless. I know. I, I've been trying Let's to tell you this. I, I'm going to ring Tim Cook. I'll be back in a minute. Okay, you go call him. Um, Thank you. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting. But I will say the sound is excellent. I mean, the sound is incredible, and um, I don't think there's anything that matches it out there that is as good and as comfortable. With the noise transparency being quite as good, with the noise cancellation being so good, I don't think there's anything else like it. I mean, there's a lot of good mm. headphones out there, no doubt, but I don't think any quite that beat okay. that. So anyway, okay. that's just wait, my take on no, Wait, mm-hmm. now here's the question. Go on. Is it worth upgrading from the AirPod Pros 1 to the 2s? Is there enough there? Well, still a lot mm-hmm. of rumours flying around about this AirPods Pro beta uh, software that's doing the rounds. And there's still, I'm seeing so many mixed reports, but it does seem as if, as we mentioned recently on the show, the adaptive transparency feature somehow appearing not and actually there was an update to this we, we mentioned that it was being featured in the software for the airpods pro the original airpods pro which would mean that one of the main reasons for upgrading would have kind of been nullified because if you've got the airpods pro then you get the adaptive transparency feature great right you've got one of the main yes. reasons to yes. upgrade uh this software has also been found to exist for the airpods pro max headphones as well but there are oh. reports of it being a bug that they will remove this. It isn't beta phase, so you know things do come along and go away. So unless they're just doing it as a test or they were, it was an accident, 
Who knows? But yeah, it so we probably, still don't know. Well, okay, it probably well, shouldn't. It. it probably shouldn't show up on that. And to me, that would be one of the reasons to do the upgrade. The adaptive transparency for a lot of people. Good point. Is okay. a great upgrade. That is a brilliant thing. Noise, and the noise cancellation. cancellation. Two times. You know what? When you hear that, you think, "What does that really mean?" But two times noise cancellation. So I tried it with the AirPods Pro, and I listened to my wife was listening to her book. Listen to my wife. The Echo. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, my wife. My wife was talking, so I put these things. No. Um, so she's listening to her audiobook on the Echo Dot, right? And I put the original AirPods Pro in, and I could still hear the book when I wasn't listening to any audio at all with the noise cancellation turned on. I could still hear the book. I mean, it was it wasn't it wasn't annoying, and if I'd played some audio, it would have been fine, mm-hmm. but I could still hear it. Um, when I put in the AirPods Pro two. I had to listen to hear it. I had to really listen. I could hear a murmur, but yeah. I couldn't really make out what was being said. That was the difference, and that's how I looked at it. Now, that was obviously a very quiet room, and all that was going on was an echo dot. So, you know, it'll be really interesting to hear what that sounds like when I'm on the bus next week or on the train next week, uh, you yes. know, being able to just to turn all that off. But it is incredible. And the adaptive transparency thing, I just love that idea, because how many times have you and I been freaked out by loud noises, usually from yes. each other? Um, yes, and it's just like, whoa, you know, yeah, exactly. all these weird noises we come up with. And, you know, I've gone down the street, sometimes you hear a bang or, a, you know, if, especially if it's a built up area. Remember the time yeah. you and I were in London and the the noise of that city is unbelievable in England. The noise, everything. Well, we is... were walking in the middle of the road. Well, honestly, would it, would it matter in London? Would anyone even notice? No, I mean, true, true. the thing about, I, I, I'll say one thing about London. It's going to be a great city when they finish building it, whenever that is. Yeah. Uh, because it seems to be forever being built. Oh, yes. When we were outside with a certain Mr. F, God bless you, Mr. God F. God bless you, Mr. F, yeah. And they were doing those roadworks. Yeah, it was yeah. annoying, right? Yeah. So that would have been a great time to have something like that on. And I think, you know, I'm starting to get to the point where even at home, I'm wearing my AirPods Max, although they are quite heavy headphones to wear. Um, yeah. I am ha- going to be talking Steve. soon about a different pair of noise cancelling headphones that everybody's been raving about. I'm going to be doing a review of those uh, because they are Ooh. much lighter, um, cheaper as well. Although that's relative, <laughs> yeah, relative to the AirPods Pro Max, right? So most things are cheaper, I guess. But um, mm-hmm. I'm going to be talking about some fantastic headphones from Sony coming up because uh, oh. the yeah, not the Link Buds, but these are actual over ear headphones. Uh, I love the are- Link Buds, by the way. Yeah, well, the Link Buds are great, and I'm really intrigued to spend some time with these Sonys as well. So um, I just I think this, the weight is the big difference, because when we wear the Sonys compared to the, the AirPods Pro Max, which are heavy headphones, um, I mean, they're beautiful, they're great, the sound is incredible, all that stuff, the noise cancellation be. is excellent. Yeah, I mean, you'd expect all that, but they are heavy on the head, whereas the Sonys, by all accounts, are better. I want to know what's better about them. So oh. expect a review coming up on that. Um, cool. We are also, uh, well, so we're going to be talking about, because we've got so much to talk about in the coming weeks. Of course, we've got Mark with us coming up soon, so we're going to be talking about lots of interesting stuff going on over the week. There's been really interesting stuff going on um, in the world of mainstream tech. And when Mark's with us, we like to delve into some of those stories. So we're going to be doing that on on the episode of the weekend, of course, because Mark and I get together and we talk about the, we'll let you have a day talk off. Talk about me. Yeah, we talk you talk about, about me. Yeah, we don't talk about you. Yeah. No, we don't, we don't yeah. waste our time yeah. talking yeah. about you. Are you kidding? I can't get yeah. Mark. Mark has been waiting all week to get on air. He is so ready. I mean, he's. It's like remember those little cars. Remember those little yeah. cars you used to get, and you'd, you'd pull them right back, and the little wheels would click, and then you'd let it go, and it would just go yeah. That's, That's right. Mark. That's him. I always pulled them back too far and broke them. But yeah, a lot like Mark. So yeah. so careless. Sorry. Shall we get to some feedback, please? Okay. Well, uh, as always, Laura reads our emails, and the first is from Rebecca who's having some issues with her Lenovo laptop. Oh, no. Okay, Tech Geeks, I'm the idiot here. I updated my Lenovo IdeaPad several times before running the Windows 22H2 update from an ISO file downloaded directly from Microsoft. I got an error code. Really long number that scared me. The installation failed in the safe underscore OS phase with an error during the prepare underscore rollback operation. (laughs) After repeated attempts... I finally used Microsoft Windows Installation Assistant. That is where things went south. Now, Uh any key I press causes the machine to shut down automatically, so I've either got a virus or a corrupted file system somewhere. This is the same computer I had to send in because the monitor failed. 
It has a function key that I can't lock because it has to be done in the BIOS. So if I'm not using an external keyboard, I have to press function, caps lock and the F4 key just to shut down JAWS. <laughs> I missed the insert key. Thank you. Are there Lenovo laptops with plenty of USB-A ports and a dedicated insert key? Are there Lenovo laptops that will let you toggle the function key like the Surface laptops do? Windows 11 22H2 works great on the Surface laptop, goes second generation. Also, when my iPhone SE 2020 restarted, I temporarily lost speech when switching between apps. I was using the vocalizer Tom Voice. I turned voiceover off and back on, and Samantha announced voiceover on. Then Tom started reading the screen when I swiped from left to right. However, Samantha started reading my list of apps when I used the home button to get to the app switcher. I switched to Eloquence and found it to be responsive and without the automatic voice switching when using the app switcher. I waited half an hour and switched back to Tom, and I am able to use the app switcher with the home button without voiceover switching voices. Therefore, the initial error I had isn't reproducible. Thanks, Rebecca. Mm, well, uh, some issues Why? to talk about there. Okay, I must admit, I'm hearing a lot of people having issues with um, iOS 16. And it's interesting, some people on Facebook and, and on some of the user groups there and on Twitter are saying, you know, don't upgrade. If you haven't upgraded to iOS 16, don't do it because it's full of bugs and nothing works. But what I've found is it seems to be to do with the voice. Weirdly, with Eloquence, no problems. I haven't had any problems at all. If, oh, but some people with other issues. It? I know, I love Eloquence. Oh, I love Eloquence. In fact, I love Eloquence <laughs> Boy, so much. Calm down. I've, I love it so much that on my MacBook Pro, I've installed hmm. the beta profile for macOS Ventura just so I can have Eloquence. Oh, I can't terrible, wait. I'm terrible. not waiting for Apple to, to oh, launch okay. it. I just want to have it now. All right, you love Eloquence and you want to marry it. Okay, absolutely fine. Um, Eddie. I, you know that? That two two voice talking thing was a uh, was if you use the premium. Is it the premium? Which is the top end one? You got the premium your, your one. Normal yeah, you've voice. Got, you've got enhanced, normal enhanced, and premium. Premium. So when you use the premium one, it, it you had that double speak, that two voices thing. Hmm. That was in the initial sixteen release. So um, I that was fixed in the next update. So I'm not entirely sure. But like you said, it, it hasn't reproduced itself, but. Yeah, that's a strange, and it is, as you say, Stephen. That's down to the voices, and it's. A, I can't quite understand why this sort of thing happens, and why if you use one voice, you may encounter one problem because it's just a synth, right? How does it? Yeah, I don't know, but that, yeah, there definitely is. I, I haven't had any issues though. I got to say, with iOS sixteen, I don't think it's been. What voice are you using? Pretty fine. I'm using Jamie. Oh yeah, is that time. a new voice? Or is that? A, I haven't heard that um, one before. Well, it's new in iOS sixteen. I've got. I, Sarah got an iPad the other day, the entry-level iPad. And I said, um, she was going through the voices that she always does. I said, oh, have you updated to iOS, uh, well, iPad OS 16 yet? She said, no, it's not available. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, of course it is. It's been out ages, and I checked. And it's not. They, no. they haven't released it for iPad yet. Well, I there's no new iPads yet. I don't, I don't care. That doesn't matter. It's not a reason to release the new. No, it should be I don't be run the company. I'm just, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just telling oh, you. I, I'll ring Tom, uh, Tom Cook. Absolutely. Call Tom <laughs> Cook. <laughs> You'll be more likely to, to speak to me than yeah. Tim. Exactly, yeah. You <laughs> might get more luck. Um, the Lenovo and Windows thing? I, mm. I don't know about that. To be honest, that, sounds, that doesn't sound good. Whenever you press a key, it just restarts. I, I have no idea. Obviously, it could be a corrupt. If you didn't get it through the system update itself and you are simply installing it from a ISO you've got from uh, Microsoft... Um, oh, it should work. I mean, it's Microsoft. I mean, it right? should work. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, like yours, you know, you weren't deemed um, capable or worthy of having the update. <laughs> were you on Windows Safeguarding 11? issues uh, uh, yeah, Safeguarding. Were, were brought in. There, there are Microsoft's still some HR department said no. <laughs> there are still some machines out there where it's not updating yet because they ha- it hasn't been fully tested compatibility wise. So maybe that's the case here. But yeah. that's a pretty serious and critical failure you've had there during the install. But can so, I just say as well, on the IdeaPad yeah. thing, because that's interesting, I'm hearing a few people complaining about the IdeaPad range. Um, ThinkPad yeah, we had is, one the other day. ThinkPad is, is where it's at, right? If you want the dedicated insert key, I think up to the X1, ThinkPad X1 Carbon model. I don't know beyond that, but certainly up to that point, you will find that insert key. And of course, the, the higher up you go with the ThinkBook range as well, um, which is a more creator-style 
Uh, we had Ashley oh. Rolfon talking about that recently, actually, the, the differences, because I didn't realise the ThinkBook range was kind of more creator-built. Um, but th- mm. they're very high-power machines, and they're built for productivity. So, you know, they're yeah. really good. But they do have the full-size keyboard, and they do have everything. So that would be something to, to certainly be aware of. Um, Rebecca, I hope this gets resolved. Um, if not, just, just get rid of the, the Lenovo and, you know, the idea pad. Get something else. Simple. Problem solved. Um, okay, so there you go. Problem. Uh, Stephen Scott's solution. Uh, Stephen Scott's solution. Just get a shot of it. Um, <laughs> right, look, I want to move on because we're going to be talking soon to... Reinstall Windows. Sorry, carry on. Thank you. Uh, we're going to be speaking soon to two people who are part of the Blindshell team. Uh, very intrigued to talk about Blindshell. They've just opened up an office in the USA and uh, we're going to be talking to two members of the team there. Uh, one who is uh, running the team, Barry Asman, uh, who is in charge of the new uh, Blindshell USA team. We're going to be talking to him and his colleague, Diane. Uh, but before we get to that, I wanted to bring in Michael Babcock, regular contributor to AMI. Uh, you'll hear him, of course, on Kelly and Co and other programs as well. Uh, and he is going to give us a bit of an overview now of the Blindshell Classic 2 and what it actually looks like, what the functions are on the device, the physical layout. So this is Michael Babcock. The Blindshell phone is a candy bar style phone that has a screen on the top front face. Under the screen, you'll find the keypad. It's two rows of function buttons, followed by keys one through pound. On the left edge of the phone, you'll find a volume rocker. You push up to turn the volume up, and you push the bottom part to turn the volume down. On the bottom edge of the device, you have a USB Type-C connection. This is the connector that allows you to charge the device or plug it into your computer. The nice thing about it is it's not proprietary, which means it doesn't have to be purchased directly from the manufacturer. You can get any USB-C cable. On the right edge of the phone is a vertical button. This button is a multifunction button, which allows you to single press and access your favorite applications. On the back of the phone, you'll feel a single recessed button. Press that button and hold it, and you can assign it to a person. And if you ever need them, you can press and hold that button to call them. On the front face of the phone is a speaker with a screen underneath it, and then two rows of function buttons. We'll go over those in a moment. Under that is a standard keypad, numbers one through pound. So that's four rows of three keys with a bump on the dot five. The function rows consist of the following keys going from left to right on the top row. The top left button is a info button. Press that to access your notifications, the status of your signal, and any other information. Slide your finger to the right and you'll find a horizontal line. This is the up button. When you press this, you can go up in a menu or to the previous item when editing. Slide your finger to the right and you'll feel a single dot. I tell people that these buttons are kind of like braille dot A's. This button will repeat the last thing the phone said, or if you press and hold it, it'll spell the last thing the phone said. Let's go to the second row and go again left to right. On the left side, you'll feel a bigger O. This is your OK button. It's a green button and allows you to answer calls and go into menu options. Slide your finger to the right and you'll feel another horizontal line. This is the down button. That will go to the next item in a menu or to the next letter when editing. Slide your finger to the right for a third time and you'll feel a red slanted line. This is a button that you use to go back or to turn the phone on. So when you get your phone out of the box, you want to pull out the phone, put the battery in, and I'll walk you through that in the next chapter, and then press and hold that diagonal line. Some people refer to it as a slash until you feel the phone vibrate. Wait 28 seconds or so, and then you'll hear a melody and the phone will be on. So that is a bit of an overview of the size of the style and of the buttons that actually exist on the device. And I thought that'd be really useful before we get into our conversation. So people get a sense of what this device is actually like, Sean. Yeah, fantastic. That, that, that made it a lot clearer to me. Yeah. And what a voice. Wow. Yeah, I know. He's got a cool voice, does our Michael. <laughs> yes. All uh, right, look, stick around. Barry Asman and uh, Diane Desharmi joining us next from Blindshell USA here on Double Tap. 
Send us your feedback to feedback at AMI.ca. Leave us a voicemail at 1-877-803-4567. You're listening to Double Tap. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. And time now to talk to two members of the team from Blind Shell USA to talk all about the device that is the Blind Shell Classic 2, the phone that everyone seems to be talking about. Uh, look, I think it might be better if you guys introduce yourselves so we can learn about you and your roles. So, uh, Barry, if you uh, want to go first. Excellent. Thank you so much, Stephen. My name is Barry Asman, and I am president of Blind Shell USA. Hi, my name is Diane Ducharme, and I am the senior program manager for Blind Shell USA. Thank you to both of you for uh, coming on. Barry, I guess the most obvious question I have to ask is, uh, this is really for people who don't know, right? Let's just get right back to basics here. What is Blindshell? Blindshell is an accessible cell phone that was launched about four plus years ago. Uh, Blindshell, officially the company is based out of Prague, Czech Republic. And so today we have two phones under the Blindshell platform. One is the Blindshell Classic, and two is the Blindshell Classic 2. That is the phone that I am holding in my hand right now, and that is our flagship phone. So we are talking about accessible cell phones, primarily designed and geared for individuals living with sight loss. Brilliant. And Diane, what, what's your role at Blanchell USA? So I'm pretty much the first person that people talk to. They will call and say, oh, I heard about this new phone, this blind shell. Can you tell me about it? So I fill them in on all the details of the blind shell. Um, we assist them with the ordering process. And then I am here to help with any kind of customer support, whether it's training on using the phone, if somebody has a quick question. Um, so pretty much we are with the people from the very beginning to when they are pros at using their phone. We stay with them the whole time. And how would you describe the Blind Shell Classic 2, as we're talking about today, which is, as you say, Barry, the, the flagship phone? How do you describe that to people in, in an age of smartphones, in an age of touchscreen devices? Where does this device sit and how do you describe it to your customers? So the Blind Shell um, is a totally 100% accessible phone, and it does have a screen, but you do not need to see the screen to be able to use the phone. It, it the, the screen is for display only. It's not a touch screen. You can't mess up anything if you touch the screen accidentally. And it has actual real tactile buttons um, that have a pronounced dot on the number five, and it's menu-driven, so everything is used through navigation bars. Way back when Blindshell first um, came about, they actually won, a, it was a college student, his professor, who won an Idea of the Year contest. And their, the way they wanted to do an accessible phone for people who are blind is use a four-button navigation system. And they still have kept that with this new Blindshell because it's an up-down OK and back button. So everything is tactile. Everything is speaks out to you. So it's an accessible phone that I call hybrid in between a flip phone and a smartphone. It has the actual buttons. It ha it's menu driven, but it does many, many things that a smartphone can do. And it really has evolved over the years, Barry, hasn't it? It has evolved from being something which was very much a walled garden of applications and services and features that has actually now developed into something which is growing, which has an app store, which has so much more capability today. Absolutely. You're 100% right. So today, with the Blind Child Classic 2 being our flagship accessible cell phone, the phone is running on Android and I'm going to tell you this, it's running on Android in the background. So what does that mean, right? We are operating in a closed ecosystem. And the reason for that is that individuals cannot go ahead and simply download their favorite application onto the phone. The reason why we have it as a closed ecosystem is that we are truly an accessible cell phone. And in order for us to maintain the accessibility you know, throughout all the functionality and features of the phone, 
we have to make sure that applications properly line up to provide the end users with the accessibility that they expect. So you mentioned as far as an application library, an app library, the Blindshell Classic 2 does have its own app library where individuals can utilize from a list or if you want to call it a uh, predetermined selection of applications that are approved to operate and function on the Blindshell Classic 2. Now, with the Classic 2 operating on Android, this gives us a significant um, a, a, a ability to integrate more and more applications, right? So I think, you know, the way we look at it is that we're never going to have every single application on this phone. But our goal is to continue to add applications that provide significant you know, value for individuals living with sight loss to perform tasks that are too difficult with our own traditional smartphone and be able to provide greater independence. That, that's what we're after, greater independence. So we have, you know, there are, the phone is packed with great features today, great applications that you can add through the app library. Some of them are already preloaded, some are not. And when new applications arrive and users receive a notification, a push notification, that there is a new app available in the Blindshell app library. Yeah, and, and some incredible applications. I mean, I'll call her Lady A because I don't want to set off all my mm -hmm. devices, but Lady A is available there now. So you can now speak to uh, your Blindshell Classic 2. Uh, of course, WhatsApp as well. Uh, which is, I, I imagine that's very welcome, and Ira, which is a huge addition to the Blanchot Classic too. And I think for a lot of people, a real welcome addition. Diane, what are people saying when they contact you about the news that Ira launched on your device? Well, they're very excited about Ira being on the Blanchot now. In fact, we have come across several people who have ditched their iPhone now for the blind shell since Ira is on here. You know, it, that's it, big news, it, right? It, that it is, is that's that, big news. It's very big news. You know, yeah. we have uh, there are a handful of community groups out there, and we see the feedback that individuals are sharing. And like when we see people, you know, clearly stating that they're leaving their iPhone for a blind shell classic two, that's a tremendous, you know, statement. And, and, and it's not that the iPhone is not a good phone. It's a great phone. But the features and the functionality of the Blindshell Classic 2, you know, with the tactile buttons, the physical keypad, the menu-driven capabilities, and the applications that we're continuing to bring to the platform make it a, an extremely, extremely uh, popular phone. I think it's it's about being a viable choice. And the fact that I think... It's, it clearly is proving itself to be that. And I know there are a lot of people who have, have tried out the device and who have contacted us and told us about it. You know, they rave about it. They love it. And I, I think one thing that tells you it's doing well is when you get feedback from people who say, but can it do this? And when can it do that? And when can it do the next thing? Diane, do you get a lot of that on the phones when people oh, contact you? Constantly. You know, and I was just talking to Barry about this. I said, you know, for a lot of our customers, their learning curve is now saturated. They know how to use the phone. They they know the ins and outs of the phone. So now they want more, you know, and they're asking those exact questions. When is this going to happen? When are you going to put that on? What's coming next? They all want to know when and what is coming next. Okay, so can I ask what's coming next? Have you have you got anything you can share with us that is, is happening at the moment? I, I do have many questions from our audience that I want to get to uh, who have been pitching us questions to ask you, so we'll get to them. But anything you can tell us about developments I, I coming? I think that you know we get a lot of requests for platforms with books for individuals to read. We get a lot of requests for glucose monitoring, we get a lot of requests for rideshare applications. So I'll put those, you know, categories out there and let everyone know. I like it. I like what you've done there, buddy. Thank you. I'll let everyone know that <laughs> there's no such thing as status quo with the Blindshell Classic 2 platform. We are continuously mm -hmm. looking for applications that are going to bring tremendous value to individuals, how they communicate and how they're able to share uh, and send and receive information. Some of the questions I've got 
hear from our audience who have been sending us questions ahead of this interview. Can you build a, a news application of some kind into uh, Blind Shell Classics? So something that reads the news headlines, for example, I guess, pulling that in from, say, RSS feeds. Being able to listen to TV or watch TV even on the, on the Blind Shell, is that something that's possible? Again, you mentioned books, more book library support. Um, one, uh, one of our uh, callers got in, in touch and said specifically for Britain, uh, RNIB's library, Project Gutenberg, those kind of things. There's quite a lot in there, obviously, but you know that's the kind of questions I'm getting asked, you know, from from our audience, and I guess that's the similar kind of feedback you're getting is just more, please. Right, and like mm-hmm. Diane, you know, mentioned, Absolutely. right? End users are using the phone. Once they are past that initial, let's say, learning curve, as far as you know, getting used to the phone, because you know, when when we all use new technology, right, it takes us a few minutes to get used to it, right? Anything we start that's new takes a little time. But once you get past that, and and it, and you people individuals quickly get past that, they're thirsty for more, and we want to provide more, right? That that's what we want to do. So to answer some of those questions, as far as additional you know, book platforms, uh, headlines, TV. At the end of the day, everything is is really possible. It's a matter of us prioritizing, utilizing the resources behind us to bring those applications forward. And, you know, we, we take every single comment that we receive very seriously. And, you know, I, I, I can't even, I just want to, I, I like to say this over and over again, and Diane, you know, constantly emphasizes as well, we are working really hard to bring more and more and more. And, you know, the, the, like the statement is like, Rome wasn't built overnight. The Blind Shell Classic 2 platform um, is definitely not going to be uh, happening overnight, but, <laughs> but we are, we are here today with such a strong platform that's robust that has so many features straight out of the gate today. I want to ask you some, some, uh, I guess, n- uh, geeky questions uh, and some also some business questions as well, which I think our audience are very interested in. I'll start with the geeky one. How do you, and, and look, please feel free to, to send me a developer if you'd rather they answer this question, but I'm often intrigued how this works. How do you take the app, like WhatsApp, for example, let's take that one. How do you turn that into the, uh, an app that can work on Blind Shell Classic? Because obviously it's designed for touchscreen. That's the way the app developers designed it. Uh, how do you do that? Well, how, well, is, do you have to rebuild the app, I guess, is my question. Right. So I, I, I am not a developer, you know, and I'm not going to, you know, I, I think I can share just more some basic information, right, and how things, you know, play out. So let's look at, for example, you know, WhatsApp is a, is a great example, but I think I feel more comfortable just talking more about, you know, Ira, because that's our most recent mm. partnership collaboration where we – really, you know, worked day and night together with Ira to make necessary tweaks, adjustments, right? To make sure that all the functionalities line up and they are able to uh, provide, you know, the best benefits. So just going going back to your question, as far as, you know, the developer side, how do we take an application? How do we modify and tweak it? So it's providing, you know, maximum accessibility for the end users. So there, you know, there, there really is a lot of back and forth, you know, communication, integration, making sure that, you know, simple steps that people are used to maybe on a, you know, typical, you know, smartphone, it's about taking those buttons, those links, and just pairing them up, you know, I'm talking about on a very high level, and making them accessible you know, as far as, you know, hyperlinks and stuff like that. That, that. That's really, at the end of the day, you know, what it takes. There are some more behind-the-scenes, you know, technical stuff, but I would say, you know, look at it in, like that as far as taking all the features, lining it up, pairing them up, and make sure they perform uh, within the Blind Shell Classic 2 environment. And and to the business question I want to ask you, Barry, regarding the, the, the company itself and, and- I'll explain my reason for asking this in a second, but you obviously the company itself began, as you say, in, in Prague, and it began there, and now you have Blind Shell USA, and it seems as if this is really growing, and there's a lot of investment going into this. 
And the reason I ask that question is because people are going to be spending their hard-earned money on this device. They want to know it's going to be around for a while. Can you assure people on that? Well, listen, we live in a uh, very interesting times, right? And mm. I can assure you that Blindshell is here for the long you know, term. It's a phone that, again, is very popular. The company Blindshell is still today based in Prague. That is where we have our team of developers, um, you know, business development, you know, for everything outside of the North American market. And we have an incredible team, you know, behind us supporting the Blindshell platform. So things are looking pretty bright these days. And I will tell you that, you know, Blindshell is here for, for the long term. So, um, of course, with, you know, Anything can happen in, in today's world, but uh, no, blind show is yeah. here to stay. You know, um, I'm talking about you know another type of COVID, natural disasters. Beyond that, blind shows here, and, it, and it's not going anywhere. Yeah, let, let's not talk anymore about pandemics. I've had quite enough. I've had enough for one lifetime. I'm sure you have oh, too, yes. Diane. From your point of view, uh, and can I ask, are, are you totally blind, Diane? Pretty much, yeah. Okay, I I've heard this being talked about this this time this this particular decade this particular time of our lives as blind people i often hear it talked about as as a kind of golden age a new golden age for specialist tech now i first off would be interested to know your thoughts on what, whether you think blind shell is a specialist device i think some would say it is um but it does seem that we're in a really good place at the moment when it comes to specialist tech the options are plenty uh, and devices like this are bringing the mainstream to the blind community in a way that we can really benefit from. And obviously, I know you're going to stand by the company, you work there, but I'm just intrigued to know your general thoughts on on that approach, that viewpoint these days, that, that we are in this golden age of specialist tech. I absolutely agree. And that's one thing that I've always said, you know, this is a good time. If you have to be blind, this is a good time to be blind because <laughs> yeah. there are so many options for technology that now um, you can you can know who sent you a letter you can um, you know use any kind of appliance out there you can you know use go anywhere pretty much now with, with the technology so I I think that the blind shell is part of that golden age of technology because not only does it allow you to do your communication through the phone, the texting, WhatsApp, um, you know, all that Facebook Messenger, but it also is a, a tool that can help you with your employment, with Google Lookout, Ira. Uh, you know, your your choices are endless as far as what you can do now with you when you have this phone in your pocket. It has a built-in magnifier for those who still have enough sight that they can use it so i think that the, the you know the blind shell is definitely part of the golden age of the new technology yeah and i i'm so glad you mentioned those other specifics as well of, of the blind shell because you know very quickly you can overlook them in favor of the new fancy features but actually you know at the heart of the device is a huge suite of features and functions and all of them are fully accessible. And I think that's the point. You know, I've sat on so many calls recently talking to blind people who often worry that you open up an application and it works today and then there's a developer update and it's broken tomorrow. And that oh, happens a lot. That yeah. happens all the time, doesn't it? Yeah, it, all the time, yes. I want to add that as far as, you know, you mentioned developer, you know, a, a new version of XYZ app is, is launched, right? And will it maintain or break, you know, the accessibility aspects of it? And that's something... You know, when we're talking with, you know, large corporations about bringing their applications to the Blindshell Classic 2 platform, you know, they want to invest. They want to, do, you know, dedicate resources to ensuring that they have applications that are fully inclusive. So I, I want to, you know, stress that and, you know, maybe applications that will, you know, be modified and tweaked for the Blindshell Classic 2 in the future they will be overseen by those team leaders in those companies to make sure that when applications are brought to the Blindshell Classic 2 platform, that those things will not be broken. And do you think, Barry, that, that as a result of that, and I guess this is what you're saying, but 
are you thinking that actually what that means is that these companies then become aware of accessibility through the development of their apps, either working with Blindshell Classic, but also for the applications, say, for iPhone or Android, um, that they'll consider that, that they'll know about it? Because as we all know, one of the biggest challenges is that you know accessibility isn't one of the tools in the toolbox a lot of developers know much about. Right. So, of course, we all want to you know promote universal design where everything is you know, from the beginning, you know, ground up. But, you know, unfortunately, I think, you know, sometimes some of those details do get lost. And, you know, it, it's it's something that it, it's challenging. There's a lot of moving parts to applications, software. But I think that with our, you know, strong presence, being able to, say, steer the ship and, and work with these large corporations Primarily based, you know, here in, in the United States, you know, some of the some of the bigger names within, you know, the uh, application base, you know, we are definitely uh, making an impact, creating an elevated uh, level of awareness, and we're, we're we're getting a lot of attention from it. They they, they want to be part of it, so it's very promising. How do you see this developing long term? Because I think about the people who have said they're going to give up their iPhones tomorrow and or they've given up their iPhones already and they've moved over to Blindshell. And I can totally understand why. And I've used the Blindshell Classic 1 before. Um, and, you know, it's a brilliant device. It's well built. It's responsive. It does the job. And, you know, when I get my hands on the Blindshell Classic 2, I know I'll feel the same way, right? But And, and absolutely, I would, I would be keen to make the switch. But I do, I'm held back by a number of things. Like, for example... The applications, not so much the the Apple ecosystem. I talk about a lot on my show. Yes, that's a thing, but I could get over that. I could get over that actually. Um, what I, what I, especially for the accessibility that the Blanchard Classic offers. But I do wonder about the number of applications that are not on there. So, for example, my banking application that I use that's unique to me in the UK. You know, that's going to be a a challenge, isn't it? That you're you're never going to get all the apps on there that would make someone be able to. You know, possibly fully commit without having to say, "Well, I'll have a, a Blanchard Classic too, but I may also need to have an iPad, or I may also need to have something else." Is that fair? I would say that yes, that is a fair statement. Um, the iPad and a Blindshell would be a great combination. Any kind of tablet that's accessible with the Blindshell would be a great combination because, as you pointed out. The, the apps are endless, you know, because so we could put, you know, Bank of America on and then somebody say, well, I use this bank and, and it would just be endless, you know, app development. So I do like what you said, the combination of the blind shell and and an iPad or, or a tablet, because the worst part for me as a blind person with the smartphone is the phone part itself. You know, you can never seem to hang up the phone. And, and when you have to, when you call somebody and they say, well, you need to press extension, you know, six, two, seven, five, by the time you get to the two there, you're already disconnected. So what I like with the blind shell is you have this tactile keypad that you can just punch in the numbers and you don't have to worry about the swiping, the tapping, the rotary and all that stuff. So yeah, a combination, I think it is an excellent solution. Yeah, blind people are retro, right? We like to actually make calls. Yes. We like our buttons. We do. (laughs) We love our buttons. I do want to add though, is that I think Mm -hmm. that as we, you know, the the blind shell continues to progress um, in, in a very, you know, big way, I think we'll ultimately have, you know, large corporations, whether it's a Bank of America or a bank, you know, uh, in the UK, whatever it may be. I'm hopeful that there will be a time where applications will be accessible, 100 percent, you know, accessible straight out of the gate where they won't require maybe, you know, as much integration as they require today. So, you know. Is that when, when will that happen? I can't tell you, but you know, the more and more conversations mm-hmm. that we have, and the desire for companies to be more accessible, be more inclusive, you know, that's the winning combination. For people who want to, to buy this in Canada or the U.S. or the U.K., it, it, is it local? I know, for example, I believe in in, the, in Canada, it's the CNIB Smart Life Centers. We can get the Blanchard Classic Two from in the U.S., the U.K. How do people find out more? 
Yeah, so for North America, uh, individuals can go to blindshellusa.com. Um, and for anywhere outside of North America, you can use just blindshell.com. So blindshellusa.com for North America. Outside of North America, you can go to blindshell.com. And, um, you know, here in North America, we provide, you know, full uh, customer service, tech support. Uh, we are here for training, literally provide A to Z uh, for end users, organizations, uh, government agencies, and to be able to continue to see uh, the success for the Blindshell Classic 2 platform. And if you call up Blindshell USA, you might get to talk to Diane, which to that me is, is, is an absolute, that is correct. absolute win. <laughs> You should know, I, I hear from so many people that get excited. I spoke with Diane or some, we've been at you know, some trade shows recently and it's like, is Diane here? I'm like, Diane is right here. And people get so excited. Uh, and they've heard, you know, Diane on podcasts or, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's exciting. It really is. And we well, are. I know, it's, I know it's got the, uh, the assistant on there, but I think you should rename it Diane. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, no, and you know, and I, I just I just want to go, go back on saying, you know, as far as you know, if that application that you really you know fancy, I'll use one of your uh, British words, um, is <laughs> not on there, <laughs> British terminology, uh, or you know, you know, for example, a platform with Ira, they can you know further assist in, in so many different ways, and so you know, the partnership that we have with Ira to be able to you know assist individuals is, is fantastic in you know in a uh live you know setting it's great and if you already if you don't already know this if you are a blind shell classic 2 user or you're considering to become a blind shell classic 2 user you can receive 200 free ira credit minutes uh just by being a blind shell classic 2 user so um it's literally you make that you connect with ira for the first time and it's automatically tracked you're connected and um it's a great great service so highly encourage yeah. everyone out there to uh try ira out brilliant barry diane thank you so much for coming on and telling us all about blind show classic 2 and uh yeah i look forward to hearing people's thoughts thank you so thank much you. for having us and we look forward to sharing many many more updates on the blind show classic 2 Barry and Diane, thank you so much for coming on and telling us all about Blindshell Classic. And uh, if you do want to find out more about it, blindshellusa.com is the place to go. That is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will be back, of course, tomorrow with another show. Uh, keep your feedback coming. Feedback at ami.ca or call one 803 4567 and leave us a voicemail. And don't forget to check out our podcast, our YouTube channel as well. Just search for Double Tap in Google, and you'll find us somewhere. We're back tomorrow. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.